Lord spake unto Joshua the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. In every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. Amen. And I think tonight is part uh, seven. Part seven. I'm losing track. That's not a good thing. Part seven. Uh, of in- invading the darkness. Amen. Why don't you greet somebody as you're seated tonight? Amen. We've been uh, following the, the nation of Israel as they are invading or beginning to invade the promises of God and uh, trying to study their uh, steps and also try to align and apply those in our life because I believe uh, that we are on the precipice of, of God doing great things and invading uh, the darkness and uh, we want to uh, let God lead us and have his way through us so that we can see the promises of God fulfilled in our lives, amen, and in this church and in this, uh, and in this city, amen. And so uh, we've, we've been talking about what they had to do was to get the right mindset than conquerors through him, right? Tempt the first generation is that they did not have the right mindset uh, they had the mindset of defeat and uh, of, 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 of a grasshopper. They had the brain of a grasshopper. And you can't really conquer much, can't conquer giants if your brain is the size of a grasshopper brain. And so uh, they viewed themselves as that, and so they were, and so they could not uh, conquer what God had promised to them, even though they had seen so many miracles uh, God providing for them every step of the way, and as much as we uh, long to see, uh, you can still see all kinds of great things and still not make it into the promised land, right? Uh, and so we have to uh, learn, understand why they uh, fell short, the mind and the renewing of the mind, the transforming of the mind, uh, getting the right mindset and understanding who we are, that we are the children of the Most High God. Amen. And that God will fight for us if we are willing to fight for His kingdom. Amen. And as He promised Joshua that every place the sole of your foot shall tread upon, every place that you're willing to fight for, that God will uh, give to them. Amen. And so it's not that God is doing 110% of the work, but we have to be willing to fight for that, right? Fight for the promises and stand up and believe in faith and proclaim in faith because that's what God wants to use is our faith. Uh, he needs people to stand for truth in this dark world who is, who is flipping truth on its head. Uh, how, how is the world going to hear? How are they going to be saved unless there's a preacher, unless there's people that are standing and declaring the word of God, what is right and what is wrong and what is uh, in, uh, good in the eyes of God and what God what is, uh, uh, is, is uh, unpleasing in the eyes of God. Uh, and so uh, it, it's crazy 
Uh, I know we talk about kind of our, our weekly check-in, it seems, of, of where we can talk about the things that are going on in the world. And uh, again, it's just get, it's, uh, get worse by the week, isn't it? Uh, you know, last week we'd mentioned how uh, the U.S. was getting a little bit more involved over there. And now uh, this past, within, since last week, they've sent uh, even uh, a nuclear, I think, submarine over there. And they've, they've already done airstrikes in Syria this week. So whether we're uh, officially in World War III or not, uh, things are, are heating up day by day, week by week. And as I said a few weeks ago, this could be very well be the war that the Antichrist rises up to power and brings peace to the world. This could be that war. Uh, and so we are that close to the end time, and so now is not the time to sit casually by on the sidelines, but we got to get involved, and we got to be standing and speaking and preaching the truth, right? We want to be right in the middle of what God is doing because that's the safest place. That's the best place to be in these last days is right in the center of God's will. We don't want to be hanging out on the fringes, out on the fence posts, and, and dabbling with the world. we got to be centered and, and sold out in the middle where the fire is falling because uh, where else are we going to be than, uh, than where God is moving. And so we are going to invade the darkness and, and conquer the lands and see the victory and revival that God has promised. We got to be right in the middle of it all. Amen. And so we, we, we talked about how we, you know, we are the children of God and, and God's fighting for us and understanding the mindset of the enemy. We briefly talked about that where we got a, a sneak peek of that in uh, Joshua, the second chapter, where they, uh, the spies kind of interviewed Rahab the harlot who told them what everybody was thinking, how they were deathly afraid, uh, their strength left them, and they were just ready to be spooked to death. They were that scared. Uh, and that was from what happened 40 years earlier, just from hearing what God did to Israel or to Egypt and the, the part of the Red Sea. Uh, so that tells us that, uh, that the enemy was scared in their boots when they first showed up 40 years earlier, but Israel had the wrong mindset. They said, we're grasshoppers. If they had only just listened to Joshua and Caleb and said, we are well able to go, uh, they would have been conquered the land so much earlier because the enemy was already afraid of them. Uh, and so now here, 40 years later, now they're finally showing up and, and, and they're ready with the right mindset because those who weren't able to believe and have the faith for that they died in the wilderness and so either we're standing for victory and standing for truth and moving forward or otherwise we're going to die in the wilderness and I don't know about you but I don't want to wander in the wilderness and die in the wilderness I want to inherit the promises of God I want to see what he has in store for us I want to lay hold and touch what God has in store but that means we're going to have to go forward in faith and invade the darkness invade the sin invade the, the territory, proclaiming the will and the gospel and the truth into this darkness so that we can see what God has in store. But uh, again, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's 
The enemy wants to convince us it's, it's impossible, it's a lot harder than we may think it is, but it, it, there may be a, a slight barrier there in the beginning, but uh, that's just a first test to see if we're willing to push up against it and push through it. Uh, I, I don't know about you, but I want to push through any barrier. Why? Because they don't have, the enemy does not have the power. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. So every step that we take, the enemy does not have the power to stop the church. Amen. And so we, any barrier that we come up against, we're going to believe it and pull it down in the name of Jesus. Amen. And so uh, understanding that the battle is already won. Jesus has already been declared the victor. He's already been uh, raised and seated. We're seated with him in heavenly places and everything is under his feet. He's, He's far above all principalities and powers and dominions. Uh, far above in power and authority and so and it's not that Jesus is just sitting up somewhere far from us no we have Jesus inside of us we have the power and authority inside of us and so that's why we have to be uh, vessels uh, that God can use and and his spirit and his power can move through us Uh, but he needs that faith to operate isn't it amazing how how powerful God is but yet he kind of restrains himself because he wants to work through faith. He wants to work through you and me. No matter what we've done, no matter how many mistakes we've made, God still wants to use you for his glory. God still wants to use you for his kingdom. And we got to put our past behind us and say, God, we're stepping forward new. We're a new creature. We're renewed daily. Amen. With the, with the mind of Christ and transformed with the renewing of our mind. And we got to leave those mistakes behind and go forward uh, with a conquering mindset that, yeah, we've messed up, but hey, that's in the past. That's under the blood. Amen. And, and seeing what God can do. And, and last week we've talked about uh, how they were, uh, uh, the first step was they moved to the river and they were, the, they were instructed to the priest to carry the, the ark into the river and it would begin to stop and part and the waters would cease. And how that we are all, we are all kings and priests and not just four people are to, to go forward and carry the ark. But we all have to carry the ark. We all have to carry the covenant, uh, the, our, our convictions, our, the, the standards of holiness and righteousness and uh, living for God. We all have to work together to cross the river, to cross any barrier. It's going to take all of us, right? All of our prayers, all of our faith and all of our confidence and boldness to push forward into the darkness, uh, into the the territories that the enemy is claiming, but we're going to claim them in the name of Jesus, Amen. And so uh, that is that is where we left off last week, and and so here we begin uh, in in chapter four. I know we're we're on part part seven, and we've only covered three chapters. Uh, I don't want to tell you there's like twenty four chapters in Joshua. We're talking about a three-year, three-year, uh, three-year uh, uh, series. Yeah, three-year series. Obviously, my mind's not ready for that, so we won't be doing that. Uh, but uh, Joshua chapter four, uh, we we get here. It says it came to pass when all the people were cleaned, pass over Jordan. Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, "Take you twelve men out of the." Uh, out of the people of every tribe of man, command them, saying, Take you hence out of the midst of the Jordan, out of the place where the priest's feet stood firm, 
uh, that's, that's, that's just a little detail there that talks about how, just uh, describing the miracle of God. You, go, you, you, drain, you drain a pond and you go stand in the middle of the pond. And are you gonna, is your feet going to stand firm on ground or are you going to sink in with all that mud? Here they stood firm. That means even the dirt was drained of every lick of lick of of, of water, so that they can stand firm uh, as uh, as they walked across. And so, twelve stones carry them over with you uh, to the lodging place where you lodge this night. And Joshua called the twelve men, prepared them, and uh, uh, they they swapped the stones river. And they placed them up there on the shore, that place. And verse 6, it says that this may be a sign among you that when your children ask their fathers in the time to come, saying, What mean ye by these stones? Then ye shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. And when it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. And these stones shall be a memorial unto the children of Israel uh, forever and so even before uh, they fought their first enemy, they were commanded to make a memorial of what God has already done for you in your life. Uh, because once you get in the heat of the battle, your mind can easily get lost, and there's all kinds of things out there, all kinds of giants and demons and devils and all these things. And if your mind doesn't stay right, you can easily lose out on what progress you're making and so God told them here you need to make a memorial uh, right here that you 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 can remind yourself where you've been where God has brought you from and all the power that God has uh, shown you that these can help you remind remember uh, your purpose and who you are and your destiny is all found in in, in this uh, invade the darkness and and and, and come up against our first enemy. We've got a bills right now uh, for when we may need them in the future. We can't build them right there around the, the walls of Jericho. No, they're in our heart and in our mind that uh, that once we go forward, we're not going back. That uh, even if the furthest we get pushed back is going to be this memorial place because that's on the other side uh, of the Jordan River. And so it'll start for uh, Joshua and all them, but uh, every people, every country, every every in every major city uh, in in Washington D.C., all of these national memorials are of where we've come from, and obviously we've got Lincoln Memorial or about. And again, it's not a memorial doesn't our past was perfect. Obviously, uh, it's not saying America was perfect, but it's just a reminder of where we've come from and how how upon this country uh, and. Uh, you see, nowadays, when 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 crazy people are out there pro- protesting, what are they doing? What are they going after? They're going after the memorials. They're they're desecrating all those things, pulling them all down. Uh, uh, whether they're good or bad, that's that's not the point. The point is that they are a memorial to remind us uh, of where we came from, who we used to be, but now we're striving to be better uh, than what we used to be. Uh, But if you rip down all the memorials, guess what? You never remember where you came from, right? 
And, you know, maybe they're doing that on purpose. I don't know. But uh, if you want to change the, the culture and the na- of, a, of a nation, one of the first things you got to do is uh, rip out the past, wipe away the past, and tear down the memorials. And so uh, because if a memorial helps keep us memory uh, of something that is significant, that has happened in our minds, in our hearts, in our lives, if those things are removed, then they can be replaced with something else. Uh, and so all throughout the Bible, God ordained that there would be memorials. He instituted the practice of, uh, of building and having memorials in, in, in the nation of Israel. And it should be also in our life. Uh, because every single day, whether we realize it or not, every day you and I, we are building a memorial. We're building memorials in our lives, our personal life, and in our homes, and in our family life. We are building memorials so that the question is, what are we building? What kind of memorials are we, are, are we building? The Bible talks about uh, how prayers can go up and be a memorial before the Lord. Before the Lord, or, or are we not? Are we, are we building memorials of, uh, of devotion and dedication to the Lord? Or are we building memorials of entertainment? Um, uh, are we, what is our, our kids, what is our children, uh, what are, if, we're, if we're not instilling uh, prayer and, and uh, Bible study and devotion, all these things, when they get older, uh, they'll look back and they won't see that memorial. And so if they don't see that memorial and, and they don't recall those things in their childhood, then what are they going to assume? Oh, that, that must not be all that important. Right, a devotion was important, and we we're teaching our children that when they go old, grow older, they'll look back and they'll see that must have been important because we did that every day, and so I got to continue that on in my life, Amen. And so that is the power of building memorials, and so we we are building memorials every day. It's just a matter of what it is that we are building, Amen. And so. Uh, we, we, we know that the, the first Passover was instituted to be a memorial for the nation of Israel, uh, how, to be a reminder of how God delivered them out of the hand of, of Egypt and how he, he sanctified them and called them out. And so this was to be a memorial, as God said, and every year they're to do that. And they still, they still perform that uh, even to this day. Uh, and so that's how powerful memorials can be. And even in the wilderness, uh, when God took care of them and gave them manna every single day, uh, whether they realized it or not, but that was uh, destined to be a memorial because uh, God told Aaron to put some of that inside the ark to be a memorial to them how God provided for them even in their, their darkest days, even when they didn't know where to go, God was still sustaining them and keeping them. It's okay not to know exactly where to go. Just You just need to remember where to go for all your help, and that is the Lord. Right? We may not have everything figured out, but we know that God is watching his people, and he's going to provide for us. He'll open doors and close doors, and we just got to be prepared uh, that we are doing our best to stay committed uh, to him and to his word. Amen. Uh, a man once said, if you do not know where you come from, then you don't know where you are. 
If you don't know where you come from, then you don't know where you are. And if you don't know where you are, then you don't know where you're going. And if you don't know where you're going, then you're probably going in the wrong direction. Right? That is, that is critical of how important it is to know where you've come from. Right? And so uh, another man said, those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. No matter what happened in the past, if the memorials are taken down, there's a good chance that history will repeat itself because we have forgotten history. We've forgotten the lessons from that. We've torn down the memorials. And so uh, whatever they stood for and whatever they remind us of, if we tear those down, then we're probably going to repeat the tragedies that happened in the past because we are not reminding ourselves. And so uh, that is very well, I believe, is part of the plan for tearing down uh, monuments and memorials nowadays is to try to re- wipe away the past, whether they agree with it or not. It's, if you can wipe away the past, then you can re- rewrite the past, right? If we, to- if we w- took down all of our monuments in 20 years, the next generation, we could teach them that we came, that we could teach them that Fidel Castro is our founder, right? If there's no memorials of our past, we can rewrite history, right? Uh, and so that is the importance of setting up something now, which we should have already be set established in our life, memorials that we are building every single day because uh, it's not just for you, but it's also for your children and the next generation uh, because if they can't look back on, our, uh, on their childhood and their, their early years and see what was important, uh, then they're doomed because uh, they're not going to know what direction to go because they don't know where they came from. And so if we don't build memorials in our life, then we will end up like the person that we used to be. If we don't build altars, continually build altars in our life, which are memorials, which are uh, places of repentance where we, where we uh, get realigned with God and His purpose for us, and it reminds us who we used to be. That's what an altar does and where God has brought us. And so if, if we don't do those, if we're not building the altars, then we will end up like the person we used to be. Because there's nothing to keep, there's nothing to remind us on our way back to Egypt. There's nothing to remind us. That's what this memorial at Gilgal was, right on the other side of the Jordan. If you're going to go back to Egypt, you got to go back and cross the Jordan River. But before you cross the Jordan River, you'll see a pile of stones. And before you go to Egypt, that memorial there is to remind you, hey, you don't want to go back that way. There was nothing good back there. I brought you out of that. I called you out of the darkness into my marvelous light. And so you're going the wrong direction if you don't see any more altars in your life. Uh, Amen. We shouldn't be very far from any altar or memorial uh, because that means we are getting off course. And so uh, Egypt is the wrong direction because that's the way of the flesh. That's the way of carnality and carnality is not going to build an altar. 
Because a, car, a carnality does not want to be that living sacrifice. Carnality does not want to burn. Carnality does, our flesh does not want to feel any pain. And so it's going to fight as hard as it can to keep us from building an altar. But I'm telling you, we need to build an altar every day. We need to keep that fire going on our altars because that's a reminder of who we are and who God is and what path, what direction we are on. Uh, and so that is the purpose of these stones was to be a reminder to them. Even the Lord said, let me tell you the story. And so if we've ever, uh, we got to keep building uh, altars and memorials. If God has ever healed you or done something, we got to build alcohol. You need to build a memorial so that you don't go back. If he's ever delivered you from drugs or addiction, there should be a memorial somewhere in your life where you don't go back to Egypt. You don't go back to those things. Has God ever filled you with the Holy Ghost? You need to build that altar and keep that fire going that the, the rivers keep flowing out of us. We got to let the rivers of living water keep flowing out of us because that is our that is our life is the spirit of God and so if God has ever met a financial need for you build a memorial that will remind you God took care of me in the wilderness he'll take care of me again I've got evidence of it I've got a memorial that I've got a testimony that I can take somebody to I can remind them say hey let me tell you about this story but if we never build those things or we just kind of skim over them. Then they get forgotten in the annals of time and covered with the dust of this world. And we, we move on. And, we, uh, and sadly, the memorial can be, can be covered up. And so you never, uh, you can walk easily, walk right by it. Amen. And so uh, we got to keep building those things. And the reason we build those is to increase our faith. Uh, so too many times we forget about the things that God has done for us, and then we get, uh, woe is me, and we get down and out. Well, if you've lived for God for any amount of years, there should be plenty of morals in your life to keep you up, to keep you encouraged. Yeah, we may get down on our faith sometimes, but you go back to a memorial, and that will boost your faith and say, God brought me through that. He'll bring me through this. He brought them through that. He can bring me through that as well. Uh, and so they are there to increase our faith because you never know what we're going to be facing in the future. You never know how much faith we're going to need. And so we build these little faith pockets so that we can, if we need to, we go back to it and pick up a stone and carry that. That's some more faith that we need. It's also to increase the faith of others so that others can be encouraged uh, by what God is doing in your life and to be a, a testimony that we can tell others. And, and so if God parted the Red Sea for uh, my fathers and he can part the Jordan River for me, that's the mentality you got to have. If God touched you or, or, or somebody else or did a miracle for them, he can do the same thing for you because God does not change and he's not a respecter of persons. And so what God did yesterday, he can do today in somebody else's life. But we got to have the stones. we got to have the faith to say, hey, I see a memorial. God is still working. He's still an all-time God, and I need him in my life now to help call upon him. Amen. And also it is to uh, help give us victory over 
any future battles that we face. Uh, the devil will tell us that nothing happened, but you can say, nope, I have a memorial. I wouldn't have built that if nothing happened. I wouldn't have took the time to sacrifice to do that. All the sacrifice that you and I have done and, and poured out, uh, we need to remind ourselves and remind the devil next time he tries to lie to us and say, no, I've been too far. I'm not going back. God is for me. Who can be against me? Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And so the memorials are helped to give us a boost in our victory over the enemy so that they we will not believe and be deceived by his lies. Amen. And so uh, we have to keep building those things in our life. Uh, musicians, if you would come. And so the altar, these memorials obviously have to cost us something, and they do. If we take, if we take the time to build a memorial or build an altar, it's going to be costly. And it's good. It, uh, costly is, it should always cost us something because that's meaningful. If it doesn't cost you anything, you'll, you'll never visit it. You'll never go back to it. You'll forget about it. But if, you, if it costs you everything, you'll never forget where that memorial is. You'll never forget where that altar is. If you had to bleed on it, uh, it will always be there in your mind. And, and so uh, we, we can't do these drive-through altars and, and drive-through dedications and devotions that, that really don't cost us. A, val, a, a value meal walk with God is not going to cut uh, devoted and dedicated to the Lord more than ever before. Amen. And so uh, the, they are for the next year after skip after they've been uh, across the Jordan River. Those are not from kids. Because that's specifically what the Lord told them about the Lord. Well, those kids never saw the stones, so they never asked. So again, they never knew where they came from. And all it takes is one generation not knowing where you came from, and then pretty soon you're on the wrong track. Uh, the country can be on the wrong, is on the wrong track. If, the, if this generation does not know where we came from, we're destined for, for hardship and heartache, and, and who knows. All it takes is one generation. We see it right here in the Bible. It already happened, and so we're, we're not too good that it can't happen, uh, but uh, they knew not the Lord, nor yet the works would have done uh, for Israel, because nobody visited the memorial at Gilgal. Nobody went there to, to take a family vacation. You can go somewhere else. Let's not talk about the Lord on vacation, because the Lord doesn't follow us on vacation, right? Standards, none of that applies on vacation, right? Because it's vacation, right? People who think that, right? Amen. Uh, uh, I'm thankful that God goes with us everywhere, right? Even on vacation, right? I mean, that's really, that's really a true test, right, when you're on vacation, right, of your convictions and what's inside. Amen. When you have the, the greatest test of, of, your, of your conviction is, is freedom, the, the ability to not have to worry about anything. That's where you're really tested, right? And so uh, nobody came back to Gilgal where it all began. And so they got off track one generation later, and they started following idols. They started going the wrong direction. Uh, but we see here in 1 Samuel a few generations later when Samuel arises, 1 Samuel 11, if you stand with me, then Samuel said to the people, come. Let us go to Gilgal, 
and renew the kingdom there. What was at Gilgal? The memorial stones were at Gilgal. This, there, where, where they first stepped foot into the promised land, God said, I'm gonna, you need to build a memorial there. Uh, and so after that first generation died off, it seems that Gilgal was forgotten about. And so Samuel said, let's go back to Gilgal. Let's go back to the beginning. Go back to those stones and renew the kingdom there. If you need a renewing in your mind, you got to go back to the altar. That's the only place that works is repentance and dying out to the altar, uh, dying out on that memorial, reminding you where God has brought you from and where uh, he has called you to go. Uh, amen. And so verse 15, all the people went to Gilgal. And there they made Saul king before the Lord in Gilgal. There they sacrifices of, of peace offerings before the Lord. And there Saul and all the men of Israel rejoiced greatly. It's amazing what happens when you, get, when you get renewed in your mind, get renewed at an altar, a fresh fire, a fresh passion can come. And you don't have to wait one day, a special day of the year. You don't have to wait till New Year's Eve to make a new commitment to the Lord. You can make a new commitment today. All you got to do is to find an altar. Get on your knees and repent. And you can begin a new start tonight and a new start tomorrow. Renewing the kingdom. Renewing your mindset. Uh, because I don't, I don't want to stay here. I don't want, I want to keep on moving forward. Amen. And, and many times it, it, moving forward, you have to go back and touch back at your last, at your last memorial to get a, a refreshing and a renewing to move forward uh, to conquer uh, the new barriers that are up ahead. And so what happened was, uh, sadly, even after King Saul was anointed king here at Gilgal, Gilgal really is not mentioned many other times in the nation of Israel. And so I wonder what happened. I wonder what the status of Israel, the nation, happened. The direction they went if Gilgal was very, is rarely mentioned anymore. You know the history of Israel. They did not do very well. And I would say one reason is that they did not go back and visit those stones. Uh, and so even we see in, in, in Hosea, God talks about, actually, he talks about Gilgal. Uh, verse 4, uh, chapter 4, verse 15 says, uh, Though thou, Israel, play the harlot, yet let not Judah offend, and come not ye unto Gilgal, neither go ye up to Beth Haven, nor swear the Lord liveth. And so Israel's playing the harlot. They obviously have not gone to Gilgal. They're not in the right direction because they forgot where they came from and forgot their dedication and consecration to the Lord. And it goes even further what happens, nine, verse nine, chapter 9, verse 15. And all their wickedness is in Gilgal. For there I hated them. For the wickedness of their doings, I will drive them out of mine house. Princes are revolters. And so what happens is when, uh, when the, uh, it is uh, forgotten about, uh, what happens is Gilgal actually gets corrupted and becomes a seat of wickedness. What the devil likes, would love to do is to go back to, uh, go back to your altar 
and twist it around and convert it around and, and make it into some kind of wicked, ungodly, unrighteous thing. Uh, and, and twist the truth around because if, if we're not going back and guarding our memorials and if we're not building altars, the devil can show up at Gilgal and do what he wants, right? Because if the people of God don't visit them, then who, who, who knows what can happen. And so we see here the very place that started uh, the whole nation, as they stepped over across the Jordan River, they stepped onto Gilgal, built a memorial there. And, and sure enough, as time passes, that very place becomes a place of wickedness. Because if you don't keep that fire burning on the altar, the, the devils are going to, they'll make that altar their own. And they'll be offering up some wickedness and, and ungodliness. And it becomes, it, it turns around. And if Gilgal turns, then you're, uh, then the nation is definitely turned and is destined for utter destruction as, as God says, I will drive them out. And so uh, if, if we aren't guarding our Gilgal, it can become a place where the enemy gets a stronghold. And, sure enough, and soon enough you realize what happened. How do we get here? How did this happen? How did all these things turn around? It, uh, it could be because we, we never went back and visited what God done for us. We forgot where we came from. We, we got too comfortable where we were living, uh, living a blessed life that we, we, we are too blessed to go back to remind ourselves how we actually got here. And it's, it's crazy enough, I think, what is part of the tragedy of America nowadays is that mainstream Christianity has forgotten their Gilgal. They've forgotten the truth. They've forgotten the beginning of the church. They, they don't go back to the beginning of the church anymore. It's, uh, they, the furthest they'll go back is the Council of Nicaea uh, where, they, where they say the church started. But the church started uh, way before the ghost was poured out. And Peter stood up and said, you guys need to repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And 3,000 people were added to the church that day. That's where, the Gil, that's where our Gilgal is. That's where we go back to the beginning. And we got to fight and protect uh, the beginning. We got to fight and protect that. Otherwise, uh, it gets washed over, forgotten over, over time. And pretty soon, you have modern day mainstream Christianity who's built upon some other kind of foundation uh, that is not built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. I think it was today, uh, Lisa was today, I think this morning I saw the headline. Uh, that the Catholic Church has now said that uh, transgender people can now get baptized, can now become godparents. Now they can do all of the now these these liberties. Now, uh, if the Catholic Church says you can't be baptized, the world knows you you ain't going to heaven, at least in their minds. Right. So Gilgal is is really messed up. It's always been messed up, but it's just getting worse and worse. Uh, churches are 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 a place of wickedness. 
Uh, but that's why we got to stand burning that fire stronger than ever before because the enemy wants to put out the truth. The enemy wants to put out the light and the fire of the, the, of the church, but uh, they can't do that unless we let them. And we're not going to let them invade. We're going to invade the darkness. We'll not prevail against the church as long as we're fighting and standing for truth and, and staying committed to the end. We're going to go forward in revival and see what God has for us. But we got to be willing to fight for that. We got to stand for truth and fight for truth. Anyone believe? Let's give him praise. Let's thank him for what he wants to do. Now, we're going to keep on fighting every word. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. You'll go before us and fight for us.
you're thankful he's right next to us he's right there to hold us to be with us hallelujah jesus and we don't have to do this alone that god is with you we will everybody needs to be baptized i mean if somebody transgender comes here they will baptize them but as an acceptance of of that lifestyle but I believe if someone come out, they'll know, they won't be confused anymore. Uh, amen. And so, in uh, obedience to the word of God. But I, I, I think the Catholic Church is saying that lifestyle, which uh, goes against the, the word of God. True to the word of God, right? It's not our, it's not our bill. It's all spelled out in the Bible. And that's what we invade the.